गाइस सुनायना एंड आई एम डिलाइटेड टू वेलकम यू ऑल टू वन ऑफ आर फर्स्ट टॉक्सो लाइफ एडिशन विद इन आर लेटेस्ट कीप इट लाइव सीरीज वेर इन वी विल गेट यू पॉडकास्ट शॉट्स थ्रू विच वी विल गेट यू शॉट इंस्पायरिंग नगेट्स ऑफ फर्स्ट हैंडेड एक्सपीरियंसिस बाई इंडिविजुअल्स एंड लीडर्स हुन दैट एक्स्ट्रा माइल कॉन्कर दैट पीक painted that dream and played those cards dealt with creating their own music with the mumbai marathon just around the corner we kick start the series with three business leaders who have been running the marathon for years now now what is really interesting is that they took to running for different reasons and also view running very differently but what is common is the passion for strapping on those shoes and hitting the road with a vengeance We are proud to present the dynamic Vaishali Kasture, first Indian woman to have completed all the six major world marathons. She has over 25 years of banking and financial services expertise and was until very recently the MD and country head at Experian. She is a co-founder of Sondra Connect. Listen to this leader, marathoner and mother share how 24 hours are good enough to slay it in the boardroom, at home and on the road. So, let's hit it. Hey Vaishali. Hi. Welcome to a special podcast on the Mumbai Marathon 2019. And it's Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, and it's great to know you're running this. <laughs> so, to begin with, how and when did you take to running? I started running almost 15 odd years ago. I started running after I joined the corporate workforce actually. Uh-huh. I was not much of an uh, athlete so to speak in my school and college days, but once I started working and I was living abroad at that point of time in Hong Kong, uh-huh. I realized that I needed to do something more than just uh, work and manage my personal responsibilities at home. So I started gymming to sort of get more out of just work and home. and work at home and um, I, I really enjoyed hitting the gym and I started training slowly gradually built up with a trainer and it was at that time that one of my friends asked me hey why don't you join us for an outdoor trail run and I did a Although I used to run a little bit on the treadmill in the gym, but you know, right. taking more than ten to fifteen minutes to warm up, it was just when I hit the trails and started running outdoors uh, that I really fell in love with running, and I've been uh, pretty consistent ever since then. Particularly in the last seven eight years, I think I have had a more structured approach to my still very amateur running, but I've really enjoyed it and stuck with it um, over the last seven years. Great. So, when did you progress to running marathons? Then I, for a very long time, focused on you know the 10k's, the half marathon, because I was uh, wasn't under any pressure to prove myself. Once I felt comfortable with my fitness levels, I attempted to uh, to run a full marathon. And again, after I ran my full marathon, I scaled back and focused on getting faster in my half. Uh, and then went back to running the full and i went through a phase where i ran uh, many full marathons i am the first indian woman uh, to complete right, exactly. the six world major marathons so i did that very i did very consistent training for a period of 3 to 4 years to finish that and again uh, after that it was october 2017 For the last one year, I have scaled back, and again, I'm focusing on the ten and a half. So I understand where my body is at any point of time, and uh-huh. accordingly, I don't like to go overboard. I mean, I've even you know done several ultras. I've done the Cambridge Marathon, which is ultra marathon, which is sort of a 90k race across 
two cities over several hills. So I like to do a lot of variety, but I also like to scale back regularly and, you know, get my body stronger before I take on the next challenge. Right. You need to, it's like a rubber band thing, is it? <laughs> yes. you you got to, yes. you know, kind of pull yourself back and just propel yourself even further. Completely, completely So, you know, you spoke of, you the first woman, Indian woman to have completed all the world major marathons and now you're running the Mumbai Marathon. So, how different is this experience and what do you take personally from, you know, the Mumbai Marathon? So I think, um, you know, definitely the Mumbai marathon is what was racing on the minds of Indian amateur runners although there were uh, many right. small events which were happening right. in the right. country it was in 2004 when it was at that time known as the standard charter Mumbai marathon right. that yeah. really started garnering the kind of crowds even today it is uh, I think the largest event yeah. in the country yeah. both in terms of participation in the full um, in the half they now have a 10k they have a Maja run so overall it, it continues to be the flagship event I think it's uh, again come a long way compared to how it was organized in the early you know like 15, 15 years ago uh-huh. to what they're doing today. It's attracting a lot of attention uh, in the half marathon. I believe there are close to now 40 or 45 percent women, which is a very heartening time. Yeah. Uh, in the full marathon, there is still work to be done, but I think that's a gradual journey. Uh, and over time, the numbers will catch up. Uh, I still believe that uh, when you look at some of the world major, uh, all the world major marathons like New York, Chicago, etc., the piece that really strikes you is the participation in the full marathon. For example, in New York, you'll have 40,000 people running the full marathon. Whereas in India, the numbers would be around 6,000 to 7,000. Mm-hmm. So I still see the Indian runner journey is evolving. It will definitely come to that stage which will equal or perhaps, uh, you know, one day uh, surpass the global numbers. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I think the race organization will also have to pick up a little bit because in India, the average time taken for runners to complete a marathon is perhaps a little slower than you would see in the world major. Right. So you will need the race organizers to make the necessary amendments. But otherwise, I think in terms of it being a you know, gold label race, you have people from different countries participating. You have a good lead pack that comes to India to participate in the race. Uh, in terms of uh, global and international runners. I think the race quality is great, but it's going to take a while for the numbers uh, in the full marathon to ramp up the global standards. The other piece which I also feel is audience participation. The kind of cheering that you see in the world majors, particularly say in New York or Boston. Uh, I think Indian audience mentality still has a long way to go. I think it's definitely improved dramatically you know, compared to what it was 15 years ago when you see just a handful of people cheering. I think it's become an important event in Mumbai calendar that you don't say, for example, see it as much in smaller cities like Bangalore or Chennai. So I'd love for the audience participation to be far, far deeper. Like you said, it is one of the biggest, you know, participative sporting events in the country. And, you know, there's a huge role that, you know, corporate leaders per se have, you know, played in putting this mm-hmm. event out there. You know, there have been faces, there have been brand ambassadors. So how do you think the relationship has been in terms of, you know, the corporate especially the business leaders as well as, you know, projecting this event, like you said, you know, at the top of the chain. I think there is a fair amount of participation by uh, senior corporate leaders uh, in the half marathon. And, you know, it doesn't always have to be a full in my mind. If you look at most organizations today, you will find a good running uh, community, particularly in the larger organizations. You look at 
organizations like JP Morgan, they look at capital costs. Some of these large organizations have a healthy learning community. They have some senior leaders mm-hmm. who are regularly participating um, you know, every year themselves in the half marathon. So I'd say it is picking up, but there is scope to do more, particularly when it comes to women leaders and women's participation. I think it still remains to be very male-dominated in terms of participation. A lot more needs to be done by corporates and not just in the running space overall uh, to improve the level of health and fitness and overall wellness of the Indian employees given the kind of stress levels people carry in general or the kind of food habits, the kind of commute or travel. Uh, there is a lot more that corporates can do to improve the wellness of the employees. True. And how important, you know, as a corporate, I mean, you've, you've led organizations as well. You've shared a fair amount of leg space in that in that boardroom, yeah. you know, dominated yeah. by men. So how yeah. do you perceive that as well? You know, the, the challenges that even women face, first of all, and also you know, when it kind of percolates down to the bottom rung of the organization, wherein mm-hmm. you look constantly for role models at the top level and yeah. you don't have many yeah. there. So, you know, that yeah. also needs to be plugged. Yeah. So I think there's a gap both in the corporate world and the boardroom uh, as well as um, in the running community. There just aren't enough role models. And even when I look at, you know, just running, there are many women who start off on the running journey but then um, it gets very difficult to sustain, particularly, say, if you have young kids at home and uh, you have a job uh, that you need to get ready and go to. So just managing these multiple responsibilities sometimes is so exhausting if you don't have, uh, say, domestic help or uh, you don't have a partner who is willing to share some of the morning chore or the burden of uh, getting the family um, up and running in the morning. So on many occasions, I have seen women start the journey, but they found it very overwhelming to stick with it. I think a lot more encouragement and participation by people at home uh, would be helpful. There are some women who do an amazing job of managing it all. But what I have seen is it is, I'm not being judgmental here, but perhaps it is a little bit easy if the woman does not have young kids or perhaps does not have to get come back, get the kids ready and then go to work because then you have limited physical resources after a very hard uh, workout in the morning. Right. Uh, so I think there's still a lot more support that women need uh, both at home and in the run community. But having said that, there are some women who have... Uh, consistently come out and manage all these uh, demands and come out not just as consistent runners but very good and well-performing runners as well. What would be some tips you would like to give aspiring women battling all of this and yet, you know, to kind of hold their ground? I think the piece which I like to advise women on is that to really lead a a well-balanced life is not about the sacrifices that you're constantly making. You have to ensure that you're investing in yourself. Uh, Women are naturally raised in this country to think about themselves at the end. You know, whether it is a context at home, whether it's a team setting, whether it's you're thinking about your parents or your spouse or your children, women put themselves as their last priority, if at all. And we need to change that. And I'm not saying it needs to happen every day that you need to be priority number one for yourself. But there are certain times of the day, you know, whether it's early morning or, or late at night, or there are certain phases in your career. So important to say no, isn't it? And say Absolutely. yes to certain things for yourself. Yeah.
Yeah, right. And you know, one interesting thing is that you began running in Hong Kong. You said so. Would you have imagined in a city like Mumbai, especially where we are, you know, crunched for space, there's no infrastructure and no security as such for women to just, you know, that's an yeah. added, you know, uh, disadvantage. Yeah. So would yeah. you have really thought of running, perhaps, if you were somewhere here? You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure if I would have. Uh, I mean, things are different today. You see. Many more runners on the road, no matter which city or in whether we're in Bombay, whether I'm in Bangalore. I always have this anecdote when I used to go to Cabin Park in Bangalore ten years ago on a Sunday morning. Uh, you could just see a handful of runners, and you could pass very easily and go for a run. Hmm. Today, even on a weekday, you have to jostle for space. Mm-hmm. So I think the uh, running revolution has uh, absolutely arrived something better. But if You know, ten fifteen years ago, running as a woman alone on the road, I don't think that would have been possible. Uh, things are very different today, and people are used to seeing women. That doesn't mean that women don't get catcalled. It doesn't mean they don't get harassed. You know, uh, if they're running alone early morning or in the dark, there are several uh, times where, where where women go through a lot of trauma. But I think it's still, uh, you know, there are several running groups. Women like to run in groups. It's social. It's safe. We have several options today, but I don't think I would have hit the road fifteen years ago uh, to run alone in India. So now, uh, you know, in terms of running, what joy do you derive from that running? How important is that early morning run to you? Like I said, you know, I started my running journey not really, you know, to lose weight or to get fit. I started my journey so that it could give me something else besides home and work to focus on. It was more of a of trying to create a third dimension for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, given that I had a very non-sporty childhood, and I think that evolved into my regular. Whether I'm at the gym now, and I don't run every day, I run a couple of days a week. I hit the gym a couple of days a week, and it's my me time. It's my. It's almost become like a spiritual thing for me, and I, I like to say that running feeds my soul uh, in ways that nothing else can. And how how many hours do you run? Again, depends on what I'm training for. I would typically, you know, run three to four days a week. Three days uh, of running would be overall maybe an hour or so, depending on whether I'm doing a easy run or sometimes I'm doing intervals. Sometimes I'm doing a tempo run. But the weekend running, which is uh, perhaps like a Sunday long run, would be around you know on an average of two hours run. If I'm training for a full marathon, then it would become closer to you know two and a half to three hours or so. Oh, great. But okay. that's only for the first. Yeah. And how do you manage your, you know, how do you manage? Actually, that's a question that most of the women would also want to know. And even yeah, people yeah, actually yeah. forget women. That how do you manage, yeah. like you said, the third dimension? You know, yeah. most of us are just living unidimensional. Yeah. It's not, you know, you have a second dimension. You've gone ahead with the yeah. third dimension. Yeah. How do you manage that? I think for me, running is not a way to keep fit. It is. Um, it makes me feel like a complete human being. It makes me go through the rest, whether it's running or jogging or my one hour that I get to myself in the morning. It makes me go through the day and go through my life feeling a lot better. Sometimes when I'm unwell, say I'm down with a cold or something like that, I try and not exercise because I want my body to recover faster. And those days, I really feel irritable, and I don't feel good about myself. So for me, it is like people 
you can't go very long without food and sleep. It's become that kind of a fundamental uh, imperative in my life that I can't go long without exercise. And the way to manage is to be selfish about your time. Uh, and I learned this from Warren Buffet that you know you can earn, you can find ways of earning money, but you can't get back the time that you have spent. Uh, my mornings are so I like to wake up reasonably early, you know, five thirty or so, and uh, get my exercise done. I have a lot of help at home, which I see as important because I don't want things at home to suffer. So I have a lot of help, which allows me to be, uh, you know, just get up and focus on myself, give that one hour and come back and then be available to the family. And I try to organize everything a day earlier. I plan my week in advance. I typically don't like last minute surprises. So anything that needs to be done at home, I plan it a week ahead so people know what their responsibilities are. I have a whiteboard in my kitchen mm. and I employ uh, some of the best practices of planning there in advance. My house helps, my um, housekeeper, my clean lady or, or whether it's the nanny, everybody knows what to be done a day in advance or maybe a week in advance so that you minimize communication and disruption during the week. The food uh, is written, the planning is done, the grocery is made. So there's very little that I will have to spend in terms of my personal time on the mundane shows and I would rather whatever time I have spent on me or actually meaningful conversations with my child and investing time rather than a meaningless job, which is to be delegated. That's amazing. Thank you so much. So many practical tips that she's true. <laughs> <laughs> 24 hours, I think it's, it's good enough, right? Please. I tell women that you don't need to have lofty goals like running a marathon. You don't even need to say that I'm going to work out for an hour every day. Mm -hmm. Even if you can start off with 20 minutes or 25 minutes and then slowly build up to even a 40-minute meaningful workout and be conscious about what you eat. I don't believe in fat diets. I don't believe in cutting out food groups. My weight has remained constant for the last 11 years. And it's not wow. happened to any serious, uh, I mean, my weight today is the same as it was in college and my weight has barely fluctuated at all. And it's not happened by uh, fat dieting, it's not happened by bouts of activity and bouts of no activity, but just following a healthy and wholesome approach to nutrition and a very positive approach to exercise. Also, I would say that running has, you know, has changed you personally and even professionally? When you go on long runs, and I typically uh, like to do all my runs alone, it makes you think about things that you wouldn't otherwise. It makes you reflect back on life, some of the most creative ideas that you get about work or about how you want to approach life come to me during running or come to me during exercise because that's when you're actually, you know, literally there's nothing um, that you're doing except focusing on yourself, on your body. I think it's made me, I don't know if it sounds very profound, but it's made me more honest in my approach towards what I want in life. You can ask a runner anything after a really long and hard run and you usually only get the truth. You never get life after someone sitting a long and hard run. <laughs> I think it's made me more honest towards what I want out of life and how I'm going to live my life. It made, made me um, uh, reflective. And, and when it comes to work, I think it made me approach uh, you know my time in a more meaningful manner. It made me more conscious about time management and how to get several things done, how to prioritize your time on things that are important. It's also made me an interesting person. 
I think when people uh, you know Google me, they figure out that I'm very passionate about business, about running. So most of my conversations start off with clients. Mm. Um, are around so you know, tell me about running or how do I start a running regime or how do I get fit or tell me what you eat. And it makes you more interesting uh, to your business associates. And when you're an interesting person, uh, you know, people will want to work with you. They will want to do business with you. Right. So how many have you motivated to, you know, uh, hit the street? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know how many have stuck with it. But yeah, for sure, uh, whether it's people who work for you or, uh, you know, your business associates or your clients. Uh, are always keen uh, to talk to you about about this and get it. So, uh, you know, most of my business meetings start off with me giving tips on something or the other, uh, and then that acts as an icebreaker. And hopefully, you know, people will at least take away ten percent of what what I'm telling them. That's great. Thank you so much, Ashali, for your time. Most welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm.